Florida Matters is supported by WUSF members just like you. Your donation of $5 or $25 will help ensure public radio thrives. And thanks to Candy Olson, an additional $50 will be added to your donation. Visit WUSF.org match to maximize your gift today. Welcome to Florida Matters. I'm Bradley George. This holiday season will be like no other. As COVID-19 cases surge, the CDC is urging people not to travel for Thanksgiving. So how do you connect with loved ones while staying safe? We're going to look at the holidays from two perspectives on today's show. First, we'll get an update on the pandemic from Dr. Marissa Levine, professor at the University of South Florida's School of Public Health. We talk over Zoom. Dr. Levine, starting off, um, just in general, what what's your advice from the CDC, from public health uh, officials like yourself, uh, when it comes to uh, holidays and travel and uh, spending time with family? So we all need time to be together, but this year is very different. And that means that we have to plan and take inventory of our own risk for uh, potential complications and even death from COVID. If we're in the at high risk category or we have any family members or friends who we might be around who are in that category, uh, then we really need to think twice about being together physically. The safest way to celebrate this year is virtually or at least stay within your own household unit. Uh, and if you can't do that, then uh, educate yourself about what the science tells us. There are ways to minimize our risk. Uh, but there's no risk-free way to get together, just to be clear. And we heard the CDC's warning uh, this week uh, because, quite frankly, the best analogy I can provide is that uh, the United States is on fire with COVID. And if we're not careful, we're going to be pouring gasoline on it um, through all these activities where we might come together. So if, if we all want everybody to be around next year to celebrate the way we'd like to celebrate, then we have to be really careful this year. What in particular has got us to this point where you said that, you know, we're, we're, we're at a point where the pandemic is on fire and we could see even more illness and, and, and deaths before, uh, before these vaccines start to roll out? I wish I could tell you it was one thing, but I think it's a combination. And we've been at this for a long time. So part of it is just fatigue with dealing with COVID. Uh, the, the problem is the virus isn't done with us and it's readily transmitted uh, just by being in together. Uh, and we're social creatures. We want to be together. Uh, we are, every time we open up to some degree, if we interpret that, that we can go back to the old normal, then the virus finds us and it takes hold. And that's exactly what we've seen, particularly in the upper Midwest in our country, places that really let their guard down and didn't put in any extra um, protections or emphasize the protections uh, and it's taken off again, but this time it's spread really in every state. And here we are in Florida, we're now seeing a pr pretty significant rate of rise of cases, increasing hospitalizations. And unfortunately we know four to eight weeks later, we see increase in deaths too. So uh, being an open state with lots of people traveling here and now with the holidays even more, uh, those folks from the real hot zones in the United States are coming here, and that means they can spread it, and uh, we'll do our part to spread it too if we're not careful. 
And you think about the Midwest and you think about the level of, of uh, infection that we've seen there. Well, so many people uh, in the Midwest have family in Florida and particularly in, in the part of Florida we're in, in the Tampa Bay region. That's right. You can look at past history of where people come from in the United States to visit Florida. And many of those places are experiencing significantly high rates of COVID in their communities now, what we call widespread community transmission. Uh, that and the fact that we're pretty much open right now, uh, everything's open for business and there's no, there's really no enforcement because of the governor's policies. So a lot of people have got, gotten the message or interpreted the message that we can just uh, act as we did before. Fortunately, a lot of people, particularly those who are older and know that they're a high risk, are continuing to keep their guard up. The problem is if we don't all do that, then we st still see the virus spread, and that's exactly what's happening. What if you have a pretty small family? I mean, for me, it's, it's uh, at the holidays, it's always me, my mom, and my stepdad. Is that less of a risk than, say, if you had, you know, 10 or 20 people gathering in, in one house and they're all coming from different places and some of them might be coming from some of these spots uh, where, uh, where there's, uh, there's community transmission. Absolutely, you bring up good points. So this is a numbers game uh, to some degree. So theoretically, the more people who come together and particularly if you're coming from different places, different households, different communities, different parts of the country, the higher the likelihood that somebody in that group is going to have COVID. That said, uh, even with small groups, you still may need to take precautions. So as you mentioned, if you have older parents, for example, who by definition of their age alone are at higher risk, then doing everything you can to make sure you're not the spreader of the disease. And, and we know the big problem with COVID is that people who don't have any symptoms or might be at a time in their infection before symptoms develop can spread it. That's been our big problem. So uh, if you're not living with uh, in, in a multi-generational setting and you're talking about getting together with your parents, uh, quarantining for a period of time before you visit is a really good way to make sure that you're not spreading it to them and or getting tested. Uh, but the test is just a point in time. So what you do after you're tested is important. And the test, if it's taken too early after an exposure, may not be positive and may falsely reassure you. So it's just not perfect, but it is another tool in our armamentarium to try to fight this. What steps do, uh, do uh, government leaders and, and, and public health officials need to, need to take, and everybody needs to take, uh, as we're at this point right now where the vaccines are on the horizon, we know we can get a handle on this, but it's still, it's going to be several months away before uh, before these vaccines are widely distributed to everyone. Um, what needs to happen between now and that point for us to, to kind of get a handle on, on, on this pandemic? So I think our leaders uh, in government, public health, need to be very clear that uh, it's going to be quite a long process uh, from getting to vaccine approval to a vaccine available for everybody who wants it, preferably everybody. Uh, and that time is critical because we can't afford to have serious outbreaks, uh, high levels of community transmission, hospitals overwhelmed, uh, and increasing deaths. Uh, that will, that's bad in and of itself, but if our healthcare systems are overwhelmed, the very people who would provide the vaccine are not gonna be available to do that. 
which means it would even take longer to get vaccines into people. So there's, there are lots of pieces to this puzzle. And I don't think the messages have been clear enough that we cannot afford to let our guard down for many reasons. And if we just think, uh, if we just report that vaccine is on the horizon, we give people the false impression that they can let their guard down, don't have to worry about it, there's something coming. Uh, but there's still a lot not known about vaccine. We don't, we haven't, we haven't actually had an approval. We're waiting for that. I'm hopeful like everybody else it'll happen. Uh, it'll be in short supply initially. Those vaccines will likely go to healthcare workers and some of the highest risk individuals, probably people in congregate care uh, facilities like nursing homes. And then uh, demand has to increase. People have to want the vaccine. They have to trust it. They have to know that it's through the approval process. We've looked at safety as well as effectiveness. Um, and we also don't know today if the vaccines are just going to keep us from getting sick or if they'll prevent spread. Uh, that's an important point because if they keep us from getting sick, great. But if they don't prevent spread, then that means that we have even a longer time to keep up, up these uh, mitigation efforts like distancing and face coverings and hygienic practices. So we're not anywhere near uh, where I know everybody wants us to be. And the messages, I think, have to be clear and coherent and uh, consistent from our leaders. And, and to date, we just have not had that. All right, Dr. Levine, I think that's it for my questions. Anything else you'd like to add before we uh, let you go? Yeah, I'd like to mention there is one vaccine we do have. That's the flu vaccine. And the other critical thing about this time of year is we, uh, although we don't have a lot of flu now, it, at any time, flu could take off, and we need to prevent that from happening. All of the things we mentioned for COVID will help, but you can also get vaccinated for flu, and I recommend that everybody considers that this year. It's one less thing we need. It'll help uh, prevent the overload in healthcare facilities if we can uh, all come together and do that. And as I said, it's the same actions otherwise that prevent COVID. So if we just integrate that into our day-to-day, -day, we can uh, actually take care of two issues. Yeah, I got my, I tried to get my uh, flu vaccine as soon as I could this year, so <laughs> I'm glad I did. Good. Uh, well, Dr. Levine, thanks so much for, uh, for, for chatting with us today. We appreciate it. You're welcome. Have a great right. Thanksgiving. Take care. Dr. Marissa Levine is a professor in the School of Public Health at the University of South Florida. Coming up, holiday etiquette in the age of COVID. You're listening to Florida Matters. We'll continue the conversation in just a moment. This is Florida Matters on WUSF 89.7. I'm Bradley George. Chances are your Thanksgiving table will look a little smaller this year. So how do you celebrate in a socially distanced yet polite way? We opened up Zoom again and called Crail Frunch. She lives in Tampa and she describes herself as a home and event stylist. Her work has been seen on HGTV and the Home Shopping Network, and she's author of the book An Appealing Plan, A Year of Everyday Celebrations. So we wanted to talk to you about, you know, people are kind of in a difficult spot because of uh, just the nature of this holiday season, right? Because of the pandemic, people might have had to cancel family plans, or maybe they're doing trying to do some kind of social distance uh, gathering uh, because of the because of the pandemic, just just curious, just starting off with what uh, what are you doing with your family this year? 
So I was, I was going to ask you the same thing, but. <laughs> yep. um, well, so I'm actually, I'm uh, just to let you know, I'm actually in, uh, I'm in North Carolina right now with my, with my parents. It's usually just me and my mom and my stepdad. So oh, okay. It's not a, a big gathering. So I felt, I felt okay about coming up here because there's not going to be tons of people coming in and out of the house. Right. So right. That's, yeah. That's what and I'm doing. I'm actually up in Pennsylvania. Uh, so that's why I was like, I better face the window. It's not quite as sunny as Florida, <laughs> but um, so same thing. We're going to be with my husband's um, sister and her husband and um, his mom and her boyfriend. So um, we are technically three different households, but we've all you know, agreed this week that we're going to be very good about everything. And we, they just recently built a garage. So it's a three bay garage. It's very nice. It's more like a work workshop kind of thing. So and there's a um, wood stove out there. So we're going to have, um, we're going to set everything up out there, keep the three garage doors open and um, set up the, the dinner there. So um, again, we're, you know, and they have a, set up a separate bathroom and all those kind of things. So we're, we're doing, we're going to do the social distance and masks on, you know, when, when we're not eating and um, just try, try to make it as quote unquote normal as we can, but uh, lots of, you know, big coats and, uh, and gloves, I think. <laughs> right. Uh, was there any, um, any reluctance among your family members in terms of, of, uh, of going that route? I mean, cause still, I mean, you're taking precautions, but still it's, it's right. three different households coming together in, in one place. Yes. So we, and we, um, my sister-in-law is, you know, we keep having these moments of, uh, you know, COVID anxiety, you know, are we doing the right thing or, you know, are we, are we going to be safe enough? And I think that probably a lot of people are going to have those moments, even if you're just getting together with, like you said, your, you know, your direct family. So what we're also going to do just to, as a little side note with my family, my mom's family on my other side um, we're going to do a Zoom um, chat with them in the morning. So about 11 a.m. and they're six brothers and sisters and all of my cousins. I think I have about 10 cousins. And so we're going to try to see <laughs> what we can get everybody um, on board. So on the Zoom call for that. So we're going to do that in the morning with my family. And then, um, you know, so obviously that's very safe. And anytime you have the opportunity to just connect with people that way. And I think that's going to be one of the biggest things I'm going to miss is, you know, those stories and, and that so many people being around the table. So trying to find ways that you can, um, you know, kind of replicate that in a very safe way is probably the best way you can really experience Thanksgiving together. So it sounds like you're recommending for folks who, uh, who can't get together or have a large family and they want to, they don't want that kind of gathering. Uh, to, to do Zoom or FaceTime or Skype or something where you all can, can at least, uh, at least uh, see each other while you're, right. uh, while, you're, while you're distant. Yes. And we, because that group is so large, because my family is so large on that one side, we opted to do it before people start cooking and, um, and you know, doing it at the table. But I have, over the course of um, you know, the COVID quarantine uh, world, we have done um, dinners where we have, you know, the, the laptop set up at the end of the table and it's just myself and my husband and we're Zooming with whoever, you know, is a part of that celebration. And, you know, I still do a nice table <laughs> and we kind of, you know, we set the scene for each other um, so that, it, you know, you kind of have that same experience for myself. I love setting a pretty table. So I'm, you know, I'm going to still do that even if um, it, my friends and family are only going to see it through the camera. And so I think 
think trying to do those type of things that you can still make it a fun experience. I know a lot of people are also doing cooking, you know, during the day. And so they're going to be Zooming. And um, um, I don't know if you know, but Zoom actually has lifted the 40-minute um, call for Thanksgiving Day. So, even oh, wow. if you have, yeah, so even if you just have a free account or if you don't have one, you could sign up for a free account and they've lifted it. So there's no restriction. So you could, you know, be cooking with your mom during the whole day um, on Zoom or your sister and sharing stories about recipes. And um, so I think I might do a little bit of that with some of the smaller groups, um, which is a really fun thing to do. So that's a great tip. And I'm, I'm really glad Zoom, I'm sure some other platforms uh, might be doing something similar, but I know Zoom has lifted that for at least 24 hours. I believe it's even uh, a little bit longer than that. Uh, any, other, uh, any other tips you'd like to share with folks about, uh, about gathering this, uh, this Thanksgiving? Um, I think it, it is just trying to, um, you know, I've heard the quote, um, skip Thanksgiving to save Christmas. And I think that's a, an important um, thing to, you know, kind of wrap your mind around. So it's just, even though Thanksgiving is a really wonderful time to get together, um, you can do find different ways to get together and still make it a special holiday so that we can all still be safe for the, the, the upcoming holidays. Um, we don't want to, you know, risk something just for one day. It's just, it's really not worth it. And, um, you know, the more you can do to keep your friends and family safe, um, the, the better. And, but just trying to really, as I said, trying to still find ways to make it special. Connecting with friends and family, whether that's over Zoom or whether it's a phone call, uh, before or after dinner, setting, still setting a really pretty table or possibly exchanging recipes with friends and family that you normally would get together. And so maybe you make the same meal just in a different household. And if you are getting together, again, separate tables, don't, don't create one just big, large table. If you can have separate tables, you know, keep the windows open if you can. Um, they're, they're saying that that's still the best way, even if you have, um, you're, it have to be indoors for some reason keep the windows and doors open and just try to really be considerate of, um, you know, your friends and family and their health and, and still make it such a really wonderful time. So but let's focus on the positive of, of all the fun, different things that we can do and, um, you know, how many other celebrations we can have together. So you mentioned the separate tables. What are some other ways that, uh, that hosts can, can make sure that, uh, that people are abiding by, uh, by social distancing guidelines when they're, when they're bringing people into their home? Right. So obviously um, the separate tables and if you can, preparing um, the food for each, if, there's, if you're going to be mixing households, so say your sister's coming over, um, try to make a separate uh, station for them to eat so that you're not sharing utensils, serving utensils, have everybody have their own wine, you know, wine or water glass, not mixing um, bottles and trying to, you know, they're really saying they're going back to that again, trying not to, to touch the same things that other people are touching. Make sure you have hand sanitizer out um, for, the, for the bathrooms, uh, you have paper guest towels and separate, you know, so they can feel comfortable using a paper guest towel and disposing of that right away so that you're not mixing any, any, any germs that way. But um, separate tables is great. And, you know, for me, the more tables you get to set, the better. <laughs> so, um, you know, and it depends upon how, how comfortable you are. Um, but if you, if people can bring their own plates, people can bring their own glassware. And then that's kind of also a little fun way to have each table be a little bit more individual. But maybe little place, you can still do place cards, you can still do really pretty arrangements, you can even, if you're going to um, have people 
have their own little food station, you know, do even um, different color for each table or something like that. Something that, that reminds you of that family if they're going to be over or, or pictures of when you're, they were kids or something like that. So try to just find different ways um, to just make it fun. What about, you know, people, uh, people get together, especially family, you know, there's usually hugs are exchanged, affection. How do you, how do you politely decline that <laughs> during yeah. this time? Yeah. So that is, I mean, I think I'm, I'm glad you asked that question. I think it's a really great question. I've talked to so many people about this is that um, we all have our own comfort level of where we are within this, within a, a scope of the COVID world, right? So some people are, they're footloose and fancy free, and then other people are really very, very concerned and, you know, don't want to be touching anybody, that kind of thing. So number one, just respecting um, what each person, even just when you come into their contact, just in regular world, but especially over Thanksgiving, uh, respect that not everybody's going to be at the same place you are. Um, and don't, allow that conversation to take place, I think is really important. Um, a lot of people are, are concerned. They say, you know, I feel bad because this person wants to hug me and, you know, I, I feel nervous about that. Just feeling confident, I think, in how, what your level of comfort level is with everything and being able to voice that. I think that's really important. And as a host or hostess, you need to really keep, keep the most concerned person um, in mind when you're, when you're setting this all up. So if you have a, um, a grandparent or um, a immune compromised uh, friend that might be coming over, try to keep their restrictions um, sort of top of mind when you're setting the, setting the scene. So if that person, that person probably is gonna wanna wear their mask the entire time, they may only be able to come for a short amount of time, eat and then leave. They may not want to you know, linger around. So keep those people right in mind and be, like I said, be confident and in how you feel about, um, about your level of safety. So if you wanna wear your mask the whole time, wear it. And if someone comes to mask you, just, just say, I, I honestly don't feel comfortable with that. I'm you know, very happy to see you. And that person really should respect uh, your boundaries and your, where your line is. And, um, and I think that's, that's, that's a good message just all through this COVID, but especially around the holidays when, like you said, people are, Aunt, Aunt Linda's gonna wanna hug you, right? So. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. How much do you think some of these uh, some of these practices that we've ad we've adopted during the pandemic around hosting and social distancing? How much do you think they're going to endure once this pandemic is over? Oh, that is such a good question. Well, when is it going to be over? First of all, right. <laughs> and um, I think you know my when we look at other cultures, um, we have a lot of clues already about how they've been acting. Um, when there's been um, just even a cold or, or a regular flu season. So, you know, I think some of those, those precautions are going to stay in place, you know, maybe not shaking hands as much, um, you know, if you're not feeling well, wearing a mask, things like that. But I, I hope my event world has really just, just drastically changed. And I really hope that we are able to go back to, you know, not being quite as concerned, but um, I think there's always, I think the people that who have lived through this, I probably we're going to always sort of have that little bit of that back in our, in our mind. Um, and I don't think that's a, a terrible thing either, but I really do hope that we're able to get back to, um, you know, just all getting together and not having to worry about it. That's the biggest thing, <laughs> not having to, yeah. you know, being able to hug at Linda and, uh, you know, and not have to feel concerned about her safety or your own. 
So um, I think it's still going to linger on definitely through next year. Hopefully we won't we'll be having a very different conversation <laughs> next Thanksgiving, but um, I think it will linger on for a little while. And um, I think it will, maybe it'll change. I know, you know, I, I look at some of the larger parties, my wheelhouse and the place that I really love is, is smaller gatherings, a little bit more intimate. So people get to uh, connect a little bit more. Um, but, you know, I think even weddings have gotten to be a little bit out of control with 250 people. So maybe it's a good thing that we're, we're scaling things back and you maybe actually get to speak to all your guests at the wedding now, <laughs> yeah. as opposed to these big events. So, um, but I, you know, I think people still want to gather. I think that's a uh, human nature and we're still going to want to connect with other people and, um, hopefully the in-person part of it comes back, but um, you know, there are so many great ways that you can digitally connect now. And I think that that is a big uh, positive that we've become more comfortable um, with, with Zoom and other platforms to um, connect with people. I mean, I know that just friends of mine from high school, now we have a monthly chat which, on, on Zoom, which we have never done before, but we've started doing that because we started doing it during the pandemic. And I'm really glad that, um, you know, we all live across different places in the country and and some overseas, and, and now we're able to connect in that way. So I think that that is one positive that we can take from this. Well, uh, thanks so much for, for sharing uh, these tips with us. Uh, and I hope you have a happy Thanksgiving with your family up there in uh, Pennsylvania. Great. You too. Stay safe, everybody. Thank you. <laughs> All right. You too. Take Thank care. You. That was Crail Frunch, home and event stylist and author of An Appealing Plan, A Year of Everyday Celebrations. We asked listeners how they were going to celebrate Thanksgiving in this age of social distancing. Here's one of those stories. Hi there. My name is Mary Kate Britton. Um, people just call me MK for short. So my plans regarding Thanksgiving, we're having a small gathering with just my immediate family, my brother, me and my mom, and my father. We are very cautious about how we approach um, these family gatherings this break because we do have two other family members um, on my dad's side who are immune compromised. So we are more than likely not going to be able to see them. Uh, we will probably FaceTime them virtually uh, so we can include them in all the fun that we do. Um, but otherwise, we really want to approach this as cautiously as possible. Um, just seeing how this has affected so many family dynamics um, and people close to me as well. This has really been a disheartening experience this year. Um, I've been really trying to keep my head up in terms of like meeting up with other people but also keep my distance and staying healthy. I myself, I'm not worried about uh, getting sick, but I am definitely more worried about the people around me um, because I feel like, you know, more than anything, you want to be cautious for yourself, but you want to be cautious around others. And I feel like a lot of people are forgetting that empathy part of, uh, you know, especially during the holidays, uh, of being careful and having empathy for other people's situations. So um, me and my family are going around that direction of, you know, we're going to have family dinners with each other for um, Christmas and Thanksgiving. But of course, we're going to really try our best to keep our distance with others. Uh, if, we're, if we are meeting up with other family members, uh, we really want to make sure that we are practicing social distancing, wearing a mask as uh, always. And of course, um, so I really hope everyone else has a safe, uh, holidays in terms of travel, um, health. I know this has been a really hard year for everyone. And most importantly, I hope everyone on this radio station has a great end of the year. That was listener MK Britton sharing how she will celebrate this Thanksgiving. That's our show for this week. 
Next week's Florida Matters is going to be a little shorter as we come to you to ask for your support for the news and interviews you hear every day on WUSF. But you don't have to wait to give. You can do that right now at WUSFnews.org. Also, many food banks in the Tampa Bay region are seeing a greater need this year due to the pandemic. We've got a list of places you can give help and get help at WUSFnews.org. Florida Matters is produced by Denora Prevost. I'm Bradley George. Denora and I wish you a safe and happy Thanksgiving. And thanks for listening to Florida Matters. Hope you'll join us again next week.